Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Well, hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast. Thank you to all the kind people who have been reaching out through email or Facebook messages or even YouTube to just say some very kind and nice things about the podcast. I'm very appreciative of everybody who reaches out and I try to respond to everybody. I can't always, but I do read every message. So anytime you send an email to me, I do read it. I do see it. But today's question that I'd love for you guys to answer is what color is your coffee? And also, do you like the pumpkin spice latte? So if you drink black coffee like I do, I will consider you a true coffee connoisseur. (laughs) But if you put cream or anything in your coffee, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed if you drink the creamers, especially if they're flavored. And if you drink flavored coffee, that's even worse than putting flavored creamer in your coffee, in my expert opinion on coffee. I'm sorry, flavored coffee is just horrific. It just is so bad. It fills the house with this like, disgusting perfume smell that has like a coffee essence to it. It's just bad. It's bad. One time I I bought Pete's coffee. This was years ago because I think I had a gift card or something. So I bought some Pete's coffee and I didn't know that I was receiving like perfumed, disgusting flavored coffee. And so I opened up the bag and I was like, oh man, this is flavored coffee, isn't it? Because I smelled it immediately. And I'm like, this doesn't smell very good. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll try it. I have it. I'm not just going to throw it all out. So I made a pot of it and I felt nauseated because the smell just permeated my entire house for hours. The smell of that horrific coffee. And uh, after that, I drank a little bit of it. And I'm like, this is not worth it. And I threw it straight into the trash. And I think that I, I was so repulsed by the smell of it that I even threw the entire trash bag uh, into the trash outside so that I wouldn't have to even smell it every time I opened up my trash can. <laughs> That's how much I hate flavored coffee, if I'm being honest with you guys. So no, I don't like the pumpkin spice latte either. I don't like any flavored coffee at all unless it's flavored with like chocolate on occasion I'll do like a mocha if I'm in the mood for one but that's about as as creative as I get with my coffee typically I drink just plain old black coffee that is how I like my coffee so that's the question for you today do you enjoy flavored coffees do you put coffee creamers in your coffee and do you like the pumpkin spice latte okay So today we're going to be reading Judges chapter 15. This has nothing to do with coffee flavors, but there is some interesting things happening in Judges chapter 15 with Samson here. So we're going to get into this and see what new shenanigans Samson's getting into. So I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible. Please feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of. Also grab your cup of coffee or your pumpkin spice latte or whatever else you're drinking this morning. And let's read verses 1 through 9 out of Judges chapter 15. After a while in the time of wheat harvest, Samson visited his wife with a young goat. He said, I will go into my wife's room. But her father wouldn't allow him to go in. Her father said, I most certainly thought that you utterly hated her. Therefore, I gave her to your companion. 
Isn't her younger sister more beautiful than she? Please take her instead. Samson said to them, This time I will be blameless in the case of the Philistines when I harm them. Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took torches and turned tail to tail and put a torch in the middle between every two tails. When he had set the torches on fire, he let them go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up both the shocks and the standing grain and also the olive groves. Then the Philistines said, Who has done this? They said, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he has taken his wife and given her to his companion. The Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. Samson said to them, If you behave like this, surely I will take revenge on you, and after that I will cease. He struck them hip and thigh with a great slaughter, and he went down and lived in the cave in Edom's rock. Then the Philistines went up and encamped in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. When we talked about this on Wednesday, I mentioned how Samson's wife was given to another man, and this was likely behind Samson's back. He probably didn't know about it. It's pretty evident here that he didn't know about it. But Samson's wife was given to another man, and we don't really know the reason why. We do know that Samson and his new wife started out uh, on (laughs) a rough patch because she was nagging him for the answer to that riddle. And then finally, Samson gave her the answer to the riddle. She went and told all the Philistine people basically what the answer to the riddle was and kind of screwed over Samson in that way. And so Samson left by calling her a heifer, okay, killed 30 Philistine men and went home and left his wife in the Philistine area and didn't like see her for months. So very clearly, they were having pretty deep marriage issues from the from the get go, which kind of shows why Samson never should have married a Philistine woman to begin with, because they were always going to have those kinds of problems because the Philistines and the Israelites were just so morally different in so many ways, even though Israel was always like leaning towards the Philistines and trying to be like the Philistines, Israel and the Philistine people just would never get along. They couldn't get along. Their ideologies were too different. So he never should have married a Philistine woman because that was unequally yoking himself to a pagan woman. And I talked about unequal yoking on Wednesday and what that means. But anyway, Samson still thinks he's married to this woman, it looks like. Because after a while, in the time of wheat harvest, so this looks like many months has passed, I don't know how many, but probably several. Samson goes and visits his wife with a young goat. So he's taking this young goat along. And this was a pretty hefty gift, right? That he's giving to his wife and her family to get back on good terms with them. And so he goes and talks to the young woman's father. And he's like, I brought you a young goat. I'm going to go see my wife now, basically. And the father wouldn't actually let Samson go up to his daughter's house or his daughter's room. I I imagine how houses were back then was kind of like each person got their own area to live in is kind of what it seems like to me. I'm not really sure. Um, But Samson wanted to go see his wife, not just to consummate things with her, I'm sure, but also to eat supper with her, to see her again, to make up to her, all that kind of stuff. And that's obviously why he brings the young goat along. And so he is trying to get up to his wife's room. And the father is like, yeah, you're not going up there. 
He's like, I actually gave her to another man. You know, now she's married to somebody else. So, you know, you're not married to her anymore. And he gives this excuse. He says, I most certainly thought that you utterly hated her. So this shows another thing. This shows that the Philistines didn't care about the bond of marriage either. Um, Clearly, because she was just married to Samson. Now she's married to somebody else. Samson never said he wanted to divorce her at any point in time. But this father just assumed it. And possibly Samson's wife didn't like Samson very much, especially after the the fight they got into and all of that. I'm sure she didn't like Samson very much. And so she was probably like, I don't want to be married to him. This marriage was bad news from the beginning. So maybe she was also saying some things to make the father think um, more poorly about Samson. But either way, the Philistines didn't believe marriage was sacred, clearly. And so the father gives his daughter to another man, like the week after Samson married her. So he says, you utterly hated her. So I gave her to your companion who happened to be one of Samson's friends, by the way. So he's like, look, isn't her younger sister even more beautiful than she? Please take her instead. Now, this would be a slap in the face, in my opinion, especially if Samson truly had fallen in love with this woman, even though he never should have to begin with. It would be a huge slap in the face if you like married somebody and like a week later, without your knowledge, they got married to somebody else. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you, you go and t- try to talk to them about this. And they're like, no, no, have the younger brother or the younger sister instead. They're more beautiful. Like that would be a huge slap in the face. And so I can understand Samson getting angry. However, I don't understand what Samson does next. Now, what's really interesting is that when I went to go research this entire story and I was looking up commentaries, there were very few There was a few, but there were very few commentaries that didn't commend Samson for what he does next. Most of them were saying that Samson was in the right. Samson should have done all this. This was part of God's plan, which, yes, God can use everything. And as we discovered from the beginning of this story, God was using Samson to fulfill the purpose of going against the Philistines. He was using Samson for that purpose because God was sick of the Philistines attacking his people. The Philistines had been in control over Israel now for probably something like 60 years. You know, if you're you're thinking about how Samson is a young man, the Philistines have been in control over Israel for a very long time. So God is seeking an occasion, is what it said in Judges 14, He was seeking an occasion against the Philistines. So does this mean that every single thing that Samson did was 100% approved by God? Absolutely not. Obviously, we can see that Samson already has done many things that were not approved of by God. Breaking the Nazarite vows, marrying a Philistine woman, associating with the Philistines at all and trying to like make peace treaties with them through this like wedding party that he was having touching the dead body of the lion, right? I mean, we already see that Samson has done many things that God did not approve of. And this next story that we're about to look at, I do not know if God approved of this or not. Now, I say that with some hesitancy because I don't want to just assume God's intentions here. And I know that everything that 
Samson did was used by God to accomplish a purpose in the end. But that does not mean that Samson was without sin. That does not mean that Samson didn't do things that were wrong. And same as how God can use us and our failings to achieve a good purpose in the end. I think that was most of Samson's life, honestly, was just God showing his mercy to the Israelite people through Samson and through the failings of Samson. And personally, I think Samson fails pretty badly here because here's what happens. He is so angry about what happens to his wife that he declares vengeance on all of the Philistines. Now, what was the point of this? We know that there are multiple verses in scripture that say that vengeance is mine. That means God is telling us that vengeance is his to carry out and that human beings should not try to to take out personal vendettas against people because that is God who is going to take that vengeance out for you. And whatever uh, God does is going to be so much more just than what you do. So Samson here declares vengeance on all the Philistines because of what happens with like a personal dispute he has with his wife's family. This time I will be blameless in the case of the Philistines when I harm them. So a couple things I want to point out here. First and foremost, it's interesting that Samson knows that when he hurts the Philistines in the past, that he wasn't blameless in it. But because he, he says, this time I will be blameless in the case of the Philistines when I harm them. So that's that's kind of interesting to me. So he thinks that now because this terrible thing that has happened to him, which it is terrible. It is terrible that his wife was taken away from him. It was a slap in the face. I get it. I, I would be deeply offended and insulted if the same thing happened to me. But Samson, I think, goes too far here. So it says that he goes and catches 300 foxes. And we have no clue how long it took Samson to catch these foxes. However, it couldn't have been long at all. I know that there are a lot of people that say um, that this could have taken months or weeks or whatever. But don't forget, it says at the very beginning here that this was the time of the wheat harvest. So Samson did not have long to act at all in order to do what he's about to do because it's the wheat harvest. So he would have had probably about a week tops to do this before the wheat really got harvested, I would imagine. So he catches all of these foxes. How did he catch all these foxes? It's actually probable that these foxes mentioned here were pack animals, the specific type of fox mentioned here, were pack animals that traveled in big, large packs with each other. And Samson may have somehow set up a mass um, trap to catch a whole bunch of these foxes when they traveled through or something along those lines. Plus, it doesn't say here that Samson acted alone. I should mention that as well. It doesn't say that. It does say, though, that he just caught 300 foxes. So maybe he paid people to help him catch these foxes. I don't know. But, but somehow he gets his hands on 300 foxes. And so he takes the tails of these foxes. And one thing I have to say about Samson was he had a lot of gall. Like, <laughs> out of all of the judges in Israel, Samson was the least afraid of what people thought of him. I would consider Samson to be very narcissistic, actually. He uh, thought very highly of himself. Not to mention he was terrible 
at looking at the consequences of his actions. He's not thinking about his wife here or his wife's family here, by the way. He's not thinking about what's going to happen when he does this, when he catches all these foxes and does what he's about to do. So he takes these foxes and ties their tails together. And in between their tails, he puts a torch. So there's two foxes with a torch in between their tails and he ties the tails together and he releases them. And so as these foxes are getting released with a torch on their tails, they're obviously running away from the torch that is burning them behind the fox. And they are running with this torch all over the place. And he does this with 150 sets of foxes so that the Philistines' crops were completely destroyed. Because here's what it says here. When he set the torches of fire, he let them go into the standing grain of the Philistines and burned up the shocks and the standing grain and also the olive groves. So yeah, this, this whole thing was planned out, but he did not have much time to act at all because he had to do it before the wheat harvest took place. And these foxes go everywhere with these, uh, with these um, torches on the back of their tails. They go everywhere and they're burning up all this land and all these crops. I want you to notice that it doesn't mention the Holy Spirit here at all. Now, the Holy Spirit did work with Samson, even though Samson was sinning other times in scripture. And we see that the the Holy Spirit does work with sinful people all the time. But I do find it interesting that the Holy Spirit is not mentioned specifically with this story. And that makes me think, personally, now I want you guys to read it for yourself and study it yourself, but that makes me think that the reason the Holy Spirit isn't mentioned is because this was outside of God's plan for what he really wanted Samson to do here. Because if you think about it, this isn't just destroying the Philistines' crops, though that would have been a huge hit on the Philistines. This is also killing innocent animals by causing a mass wildfire and also destroying a bunch of land. There are verses in scripture that actually say that the kind man has regard for the life of animals. Not to mention that there were many laws in the Old Testament that talked about cruelty to animals and how you were supposed to treat animals. Not to mention there's verses in scripture about taking care of the earth that God gave us and that the earth is precious to God. So that's why I think this went so far, way too far. I think Samson acted out of his own vengeance. I don't think he allowed God to tell him what to do. I think he just took matters into his own hands. And what ends up happening here? The Philistines get so angry that they go and burn up Samson's wife with her father. That was the consequence of Samson's actions here. Nothing good really came of this. And that's another reason why I personally don't think that this was approved of by God personally. Now, once again, you can read other commentaries on this and, and get their opinion about um, what Samson was doing here and how this might have been approved by God. And But that's just my own personal opinion. So the Philistines go and burn up 
the wife, and the wife's father with fire. Samson should have seen this coming because the Philistines were not nice people. Not to mention that the Philistines had said they were going to burn her up beforehand in Judges chapter 14 if she didn't go and betray her husband with that riddle thing. They, they told her, they're like, hey, if you don't go and betray your husband and tell us the riddle, we're going to go burn you and your father's family with fire. So Samson should have known that this would be terrible ramifications, but he didn't think about his actions. That's, that's the one thing about Samson. He had no consequences. And that's why I mentioned um, a couple weeks back that I think Samson was a spoiled child is because he didn't have consequences to his actions like ever. And he didn't think about consequences to his actions. So after the Philistines burn the wife and the father with fire, Samson has more vengeance to take out. And that's what he says he does. He says, if you behave like this, I will take revenge or revenge on you. And after that, I will cease. So I think Samson potentially knew that he uh, he messed up here because he even says, he's like, I will stop after this. <laughs> I, I think he knew that he messed up. Like, honestly, this entire story is just showing the, the child-likeness of Samson. He was just like a big baby. That's what he reminds me of. It's just a big baby. So after this, he has more vengeance to take out because now his wife is murdered and his wife, his in-laws are murdered. So it says that he struck them hip and thigh with great slaughter and he went down and lived in the cave in Edom's rock. So he strikes all the Philistines, it looks like, who partook in killing his wife and his in-laws and he struck them with a great slaughter is what it says. Then he went and lived in the cave in Edom's rock. That means he had to flee. He uh, fleed from the Philistines out of fear. And I think that this was personally just showing more of Samson's character, showing more of how Samson went wrong and how Samson really is a picture of the Israelite nation at this time period, just not doing what they were supposed to be doing. Not going to war the way God told them to go to war and to take the land. Just kind of playing games and messing around with the people of the time period. And God condemned that over and over and over. And he sent judges to help them over and over and over. And yet the people just kept doing what they wanted to do every single time. Just like Samson just did whatever he wanted to do all the time. Samson was entitled, didn't think about consequences. Similarly to how the Israelite people treated God back in these days. And unfortunately, it's the way the church treats God as well. We are often entitled. We often expect blessings. The prosperity gospel is very big here in America. We expect things from God without giving anything in, in return. We don't think about the consequences of our actions, who we're hurting, the amount of people that leave church not edified, not built up, but torn down. We don't think about that. So I think that Samson is an excellent picture of how we sometimes treat God and sometimes treat 
other people as well. And I think it's important to look at Samson as a warning to what we can be like sometimes. Well, faithful listeners, I hope you have a fantastic and wonderful rest of your weekend. I'm going to let you guys go right now with a happy listening and God bless. Bless.